The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. Save big money on your outdoor project now at Menards. We have everything you need to keep your outdoor power equipment running smooth so you can keep that lawn in tip-top shape or enjoy some time on your boat. Right now, all FVP, lawn and garden, and marine batteries are on sale through May 5th. Check out our entire selection of FVP batteries today and view our weekly flyer on Menards.com for more great deals. Save big money at Menards. This is the Wrestling Inc. Podcast. I'm Glenn Rubenstein, joined as always by Mr. Raj Giri. And today is Wednesday, December 20th, 2017. We're talking about SmackDown Live from December 19th, 2017. Our guest today, Chris Featherstone, who writes for Wrestling Inc., is joining us. Chris, how's it going? It's going well. I have my XFL 2001 shirt on. Chicago enforcers ready to rock and roll. Nice, man. Nice. Only a matter of time, you know, in uh, a little right. over a month, we'll know the news about the all-new XFL. It's time to shake things up again, as Vince McMahon would say. Or the UFL. Right. Yeah. Not, not as good of a name. Or the UR. XFL right? is too tainted. I can't see them using it. Tainted in an yeah. awesome way. I mean, that ESPN 30 for 30 really drove home. It was what a good. failure it was. <laughs> yeah. I interviewed Rob Smart on my show last night, and uh, he had some really good in- insights on it. Oh, wow. Yeah. Uh, where, where can everyone check that out? That actually sounds really... Pancakes and Power Slams. Uh, it was 299 episodes. Next week will be 300. And um, he had some really good stuff. Uh, check it out, Box Talk Radio. Just Google Pancakes and Power Slams. They'll come up on Google. Wow. Awesome, man. So let's talk about SmackDown for last night. The fallout from Clash of Champions. Um, <coughs> I don't know. Am I wrong that I was expecting a little more? I mean, we did have some moments last night. I will say that. Uh, some very, well, there was at least one really cool moment. But uh, opening up the show, we had a long, long pop for Daniel Bryan and Shane McMahon coming out to the ring. Um, yeah, Shane walked off, told Daniel sort of good luck. Good luck with the show tonight. Uh, I don't know. Chris, what do you think of this this drama between the two of them? Well, one, I, I there's so much different rumors and stuff about it as far as can it lead to a match and, um, you know, what is it going to lead to? Uh, you know, of course, we know that Daniel Bryan's not necessarily cleared at the moment by the correct doctor. So, um, you know, it's right now it's just kind of in limbo. You know, until there's something that we know about Daniel Bryan. Um, we saw on SmackDown that he kind of got right out, excuse me, got right out of that rogue referee thing and saying yeah. that, you know, telling, telling Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn, I can fire you myself and so forth. So they kind of automatically went out of that on SmackDown to make sure, like, I'm not a rogue, you know, authority figure, which I'm glad that they did do that. Uh, but it still kind of makes things convoluted in this whole thing. It just kind of makes it kind of weird. Raj, how are you feeling about this, this drama between them? Well, right now they're going – I mean, Daniel Bryan hasn't been cleared, so they're doing the storyline if he's not wrestling. Um, 
so you know i wonder if right now the the ultimate uh the ultimate end of the story is just them firing daniel bryan <laughs> you know like could be i mean it could be i mean where where else do they really go with this or they it just kind of gets dropped you know and everything's peachy so <clears throat> yeah i mean there's with daniel bryan not being able to do anything physical there's you're you're kind of limited so and I think that was one of the things with Clash of Champions is I think a lot of fans with the way, you know, certain spots were going, people were expecting Daniel Bryan to, you know, get physical out. And Hey, he took that bump on, on Shane. Yeah, right. <laughs> but you know what I mean. Um, the, bull, the bulldoze bump, I, I like to call it. Yeah, fall, f- falling on a, on a person. <laughs> yeah. And he's not cleared how on earth could he handle those stiff punches from Shane O'Mac if they were to have a match. You know, I mean, right. concussion right. city. Well, you don't want to tease a match with someone that can't wrestle. So that's true. <clears throat> so yeah, um, this, you know, I, I just feel like SmackDown. There's, there's not anything incredibly interesting going on right now. So this is this and the Ziggler thing, or the, you know, is really all they got. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and uh, we had that backstage segment with Daniel and Sammy and Kevin, just saying, "Hey guys, don't get too cocky about this." shutting down any idea that there's even a faction forming between them or an alliance. So I don't know. Um, first match of the night, last night, Shelton Benjamin and Chad Gable versus the Usos in a non-title match where, of course, Benjamin and Gable won. Um, but it doesn't mean anything because it wasn't for the belts. What would you think of this match, Chris? Uh, I think it was a solid match. Uh, all four of them can go. I I think that Chad Gable was the MVP of Class of Champions. I mean, he he was amazing. And I always loved that rolling chaos theory that Doug Williams uh, do. Uh, he, he's done it for years. That is one of my favorite um, finishing moves to, to watch. And it's even, it's even more interesting to see Chad Gable do it because he's smaller than Doug Williams. So... It's always good to see him do that, and he doesn't. Own, I mean, most of the people who Chad Gable goes against go go against is bigger than he is. So to see him do that, you know, like he did on Class of Champions was was phenomenal. So I think, you know, from athleticism alone, men are phenomenal, but their charisma is as dry as a banana peel on a Sunday afternoon in the sun. I mean, it's just, it's, it's terrible. And maybe they need a manager. Maybe they need something. I mean, I don't know what exactly they could possibly have to kind of make, bring more vitality in their characters in the ring. They're phenomenal charisma wise, maybe put Gable on a, on a mic more. That's what helped Mm. him and Jordan. Yeah. Uh, But other than that, it's like, uh, <laughs> I like their music. Yeah, yeah. Got to bring the towel That's back, definitely. man. Gable needs that towel again. Yeah, I got to bring the towel back. Do do something to really help them as characters because their reaction is so neutral. You know, remember back in the day, is uh, used to call it the Charlie Haas pop, the Haas pop when it was just nothing. And I think they're they're kind of getting the Haas pop, just like. Eh. You're just there. So, of course, this is leading to probably a, a blow off tag team match you know right before the rumble most likely yeah. tag team title match um it was a good match but benjamin and gable need something to kind of bring life to their characters 
Yeah, Roger, you talked about this before. I mean, the tag team division on SmackDown is all this talent in search of a story or an angle. It's, it feels like week in and week out. Yeah, and at least right now they got a, a couple different tag team stories, right? Um, yeah. Three, if you count, count the Bludgeon Brothers and Brizango. But you got the stuff of the New Day and, you know, Rusev and Aiden English and, and this. And, um, you know, I, I was expecting them to get more of a reaction after Chad Gable's, you know, performance at Clash of Champions. That, that got a lot of people talking. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, I mean, I think this will – I mean, the matches will be really good. But, yeah, I've, I mean, we've been saying this for a while. Uh, Gable and Benjamin are just missing something that uh, – and, you know, to Chris's point, uh, I don't know if a manager or something might help uh, fix that. But they definitely don't uh, – they, they don't gel, uh, you know, as a, as a – as a team, I mean, they do cool moves and stuff, but as as a uh, as an organic team, you just don't see it like you did with Jason Jordan and, and Chad Gable. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so props to the crowd last night that Charlotte came out and cut a promo about real this. Quick, oh, real yeah, quick, yeah, yeah. Real quick though, I do want to I do want to say that I do think it's a really good spot for Shelton Benjamin though, because otherwise he'd be like a Kurt Hawkins. I, I think if he was by himself solo, he'd probably be a job guy. Or an enhancement talent, whatever you want to say. But I think putting him in this position with Chad Gable kind of takes him away from just being an enhancement talent. Because if he was by himself, you probably wouldn't have. You probably wouldn't get in half as many wins as he does now. So I think it's a good spot for Gable. I mean, for for Benjamin. Derek basically said, and I'm battling a little bit of a cold, so I'm a little off off today. But uh, Derek in the chat basically nailed it. What I was trying to say is that the chemistry just isn't there with uh, Shelton and yeah. um, and Chad because you know they look they do look like two guys just randomly put together. But so do Aiden English and Rusev. But they got that chemistry. Like it, it's yeah. y- it, you feel it, whereas you don't with. Uh, Benjamin and Gable and you know with Benjamin they've always had this problem with them where they just can't find the right character or the right um you know the right the right storyline for them yeah so the goat hair the goat the, the platinum hair wasn't good or the goat the gold standard gold hair ECW run wasn't good for you Raj yeah not re- I mean it never got him above mid card you know yeah, it seemed like there was something it seemed like they were going somewhere with that but it never really they really launched off too well. Yeah, it, it, his he's just uh, he's just got a very mellow personality, and I think that yeah. uh, uh, he's never found that aggressive side or or a, a funny side or you know some sort of uh, the the charisma just is lacking a little bit. Mm. Yeah, but he's fantastic in the ring, or or used to be. He's still good, but he was uh, back in the day. He was really fantastic. Mm-hmm. So Charlotte cut a promo last night about the women's rumble. Props to the crowd. They were with it, man. They were hanging with it the whole time. Uh Naomi came out and announced herself as the first uh, entrant into the women's rumble. And of course they were... when they do that, by the way. Like, is that all you have to do? <laughs> At least say that I've, you know, I've been informed that I'm the first entrant. Not like the way you get in the rumble is just announce yourself. It's the land of opportunity, Rush. Yeah. So <laughs> why doesn't everyone just get up and say that? This is the historic like when match. Wouldn't they all be saying that? <laughs> it's like when you, it's like the thirty-first person that say that don't realize that they're the thirty-first. <laughs> right. Yeah, like I am an entry to the Royal Rumble. It's like oh, we're already capped out, pal. It would be like the Sid moment. Like oh, really? Oh, my bad. Well, I guess didn't, next year. <laughs> didn't they do something like that last year? I see. Recall wasn't like Kurt Hawkins or someone tried to announce themselves and they were like, oh no, you have to have a match to win it. 
you know? Yeah. yeah they, they change the rules as they want to with this. Just don't uh, be the 31st person. Just, just yeah. don't be number 31. <laughs> um, Although with the women's rumble, I think it's going to be 20. Yeah. It's looking like. Yeah. I can see that too. Um, and they've done 20 women matches in uh, NXT before. There was a 20 woman rumble. Um, you mean Battle Royal? Battle Royal. Pardon me. Uh, so interrupted by the Riot Squad during all of this, which led to a match. Ruby Riot and Sarah Logan versus Charlotte Flair and Naomi. Man, they love these women's tag matches. Oh, you know what was notable about this, though? Wasn't this last night the first time that Corey Graves acknowledged Absolution on Raw and drew a comparison to the Riot Squad and Absolution? Like yeah, he said it that. last night. Yeah, I noticed that. <clears throat> yeah, that's true. I tweeted uh, during Class of Champions. Uh, to me, just throwing in the Riot Squad on SmackDown still makes zero sense because there's no oh, yeah. story that come behind it. But I say, and I still say, they could they could pull an audible and do this. I think if the Riot Squad uh, was sent to SmackDown by Carmella and she was the mastermind behind the, the, the faction the whole time and used that to cash in her money in the bank, I think that that would be a great way to to make sense of why they just came up. I like it. I mean, it, <clears throat> it's better than no storyline at all, other than copying what Raw did. Yeah, um, right. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I I just don't see any um and any chem. You know, we're talking about chemistry. I don't see any chemistry with the Riot Squad. Uh, I think with Absolution, at least you got Paige, who comes across as such a big star that it helps the people with her. So oh, yeah seem bigger but you don't have anyone like that with uh the riot squad i mean Liv morgan is just not there yet and she's right. the one i think with the biggest potential um so yeah oh yeah i mean when on clash of champions we I, we would mention this uh in one of our conversations about it but with her look she was rocking sunday night i mean she looked like a superstar like a million bucks compared to the other two who live live yeah. yeah i just think uh she yeah, needs a little work on the promos and in-ring stuff. But yeah, I think it's, it's something about it. her. It's not even just, you know, it's not just looks. Because when it comes to Absolution, I think Paige stands out, you mm -hmm. know, even though Mandy Rose has that, you know, supermodel look. But there's just, there's just, she has a certain charisma about her. Well, yep. I think the biggest thing, I think the biggest thing is Paige has been heel before. She's been a really good heel. Uh, Mandy Rose was a heel when she was doing live events. Uh, Cyan Deville was a heel. But with the Riot Squad, all three of them were babyfaces in NXT. Mm. So you have you have all of these three babyfaces who kind of are trying to still kind of hone in their craft as a babyface. You get thrown on SmackDown as heels. You have to change everything. You know, that, those are cadences and things that you have to pick up as heels that you can tell that Riot is kind of doing it because she's been in the indies for a while. So is Sarah Logan. But Liv Morgan, you know, she's a performance center girl. You know what I mean? So she, she has to understand. I don't. I think the her missing link is the fact that she's not really understanding the cadences of being a heel. She's just still Jersey girl, you know, type of look to her that needs to change. And I think that those are just, you know, intangibles that you have to learn. Sarah Logan looks really uncomfortable on the main <laughs> roster right she now. Does. Like her promos, she's stumbling on her words, and um. I just think she was brought up too quickly. She should have had. She's someone that could have really benefited from, you know, being in NXT for a while. Yeah. Yeah. 
And yeah, with Liv, I never knew in NXT what her character was. I mean, she had the unfortunate timing of really debuting right when Carmelo was leaving. Um, it was way too similar there. I think that with Liv, you know, they haven't really given her a strong character. They should have had a tag team together. I think it would have been Yeah, good. actually, I mean, go all in, right? Like the female equivalent of Enzo and Cass are the hype bros, you know? Why not? Yeah. <laughs> and Liv's actually from Jersey, so, you know, living the gimmick. <clears throat> um, so we're going to talk about Rusev and the New Day in a minute, but let's talk about what was probably the high- highlight of last night. Uh, Dolph Ziggler, the celebration of his United States championship comes out, uh, cuts this promo. Talks about all the championships he's won, all the victories he's had, and then just basically tells the crowd, hey, you don't deserve me, uh, lays the belt on the ground, and walks backstage. Interesting that WWE uh, social media has not used any language like he dropped the title or, you know, relinquished the title. Rather, they've said, what is it? You know, they're even getting on the, what does this mean? Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's the storyline, right? You don't want to jump the gun. Yeah. But, I mean, what, what did it feel like to you, Chris? It felt like a storyline, <laughs> to be yeah. honest with you, um, because one, I mean, you just just putting two and two together. First of all, WWE allowed the mic to stay on. <laughs> WWE allowed him to to do the promo without cutting it. So, of course, it was something that uh, was, you know, premeditated as far as him, for as far as what him to say. They allowed him to drop the title. They played into it. He got out the ring. So all of that was a WWE idea. So it's uh, to me, it was very clear. It was mildly compelling, mildly compelling. I mean, it was probably better than half of what Zickler's done in the past five years. But at the same time, it's like, you know, What's really left for Ziggler to be really compelling? I mean, at the end of the day, he drew he drew some good heat, which was good. Yeah. Um. So if this is for the next baby face who's in line for the U.S. Championship, good. I'll be fine with it. I think uh, Bobby Roode. For some reason, I want to see a Bobby Roode versus Jinder Mahal U.S. Title WrestleMania <laughs> match. I think that that would be fantastic. So if if this is the lead to Bobby Roode to become U.S. Champ. He's drawing enough heat to make Bobby Roode a good baby face because right now he's kind of struggling in that area. And I think that uh, if he's good, if he gets more, you know, fan reaction because of working with a good heel like Ziggler, I think it'll work for him. And if he works with Jinder Mahal going into WrestleMania, I think it'll be even better for him. So, uh, Raj, I mean, what do you think the odds are that Ziggler agreed to do this and drop the title on live TV? Uh, you know, he had an agreement with Vince, and tomorrow night he shows up on Impact. No, no, no chance. <laughs> First of all, Impact's not taping till January. That's true. <laughs> so, uh, no. Um, first of all, how often does WWE uh, let someone leave with the title? No, I, don't. I think there's been once, maybe Trish Stratus, where they willingly did it um, you know, for her retirement. <laughs> Under Blaze, where this they is, forgot she had it. Yeah, I mean, this is obviously a storyline. I mean, no, I know, no I know. question about it. Um, now, where they go with it, that's that's always been a problem with WWE is when they do have an intriguing storyline, the follow-up usually hasn't been that great. Now, this kind of reminds me of, uh, on a much smaller scale, um, what the Ziggler thing is, is that the CM Punk thing where his contract was up, and um, yeah. and then he ended up winning the title. And there's so many different ways you could you know you could have went with it. 
But instead, they had Punk come back two weeks later on Raw and then just <laughs> drop the title at SummerSlam. So I, I totally think uh, yeah, Peter bringing up Alundra Blaze did, but that was more them just getting rid of the division as well. But, um, <clears throat> I th- you know, what I see happening is uh, something like next week, they announced that the following week, they're, you know, that Ziggler, they're going to have a, you know, they can't get a hold of Ziggler, so they're going to have a match for the U.S. title. <laughs> it's going to be Corbin against Rude. Then the next week they have that match, and before there's a winner, Ziggler comes in and attacks both of them. That's oh, are, he's you, are, you talking, are you doing Razor Sean all over again, Raj? Is that what they did? With, no, Razor Sean. They uh, Razor actually won the the belt. I'm saying they don't they don't have someone when that Ziggler just comes back. He's still oh, okay. Gotcha, gotcha. Okay, and yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, and it it's just that's just it. Yeah, gets him off TV a couple of weeks. Says he's not re, he's not booked for house shows right now. So, oh. um, didn't Trish uh, leave on top? Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. That's what I was saying. That that was the one I could think of. That yeah, I think Edge did too, but he got. I mean, he was forced to retire, but he beat Del Rio at uh, that WrestleMania that year. So yeah, they couldn't they couldn't let him wrestle again. Isn't right. it weird that Dolph's best storyline now two years in a row is oh I'm leaving the company or I'm not doing this anymore. <laughs> you know yeah that's true the intercontinental title win was a career versus title match too yeah that's true <laughs> oh man um it was a good segment though last night you know credit to them for uh doing something a little different yeah and maybe who knows maybe this is uh Dolph taking some time off uh and it just creates some intrigue for when he comes back and that does seem like a wwe move like oh we want the moment <coughs> swerve of him winning that triple threat sunday we have no plans to do anything with that, so we're going to have him drop the title immediately on the next SmackDown, and then we'll figure it out from there. Yeah, I mean, it could be like he's taking a couple months off, just giving, you know, otherwise there's no, there's nothing to his return, but this way it, uh, and, and then you could do the Razor and Sean thing, Chris, where Dolph comes back and says he's a rightful U.S. champ, and whoever the yeah. champ is at the time, they, they do a match, so. Yeah. Um, and, and, you know, it's a, it's a secondary title, so it's not like you have to protect it and it's right. fine to have Dolph win it and vacate it and leave for a month or two. So, but Dolph's definitely not going anywhere else. Um, so yeah, Fox where <laughs> Fox. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah. Fox news. But I don't know. He's got that cricket wireless money. So, you know, that's a big stash. Yeah. <laughs> that that commercial, I swear to God, it feels like that's that commercial has been on longer. Normally, these things are short lived. The WWE talent doing these commercials, but that Cricket Wireless one has just been going out. Feels like for an eternity. Yeah. Hey, when the uh, money's coming in, you got to keep. Yeah, got to keep. It's true. Hey, Dolph Dolph Ziggler sells some prepaid wireless without a credit right. check. Um, <laughs> so the New Day versus uh, Rusev and Aiden English last night. We were talking about this, Chris. We we were saying they should have won at Clash of Champions. They should have got the tag team titles. But uh, now they're out of that picture, it seems like, in a feud with the New Day, which is great, right? We got big personalities on both sides. Uh, what did you think of the match last night? It was okay. Um, I don't know. It's one of those things. I'm, I'm a traditionalist when it comes to, you know, baby faces and heels. I mean, of course, there's gray areas, but... You know, it's it, it kind of gets tough when you're trying to make the other person, the, their, their opponents over or, or successful. And you have Rusev, who was supposed to be a heel, 
getting some of the best chance, you know, in, in all of WWE. And he and he plays right to it. He's hilarious. So when he does the whole, you know, Rusev Day thing, when he just kind of jerks his head and his shoulders, it's hilarious. It's comical. And so I really hope that uh, somehow there's some type of dissension between him and Aiden English. And as soon as they kind of take the reins off of Rusev, he can be easily one of the, the most popular stars in all of WWE. And and um, Glenn, were you saying I th- I we all thought that? Well, Rusev Matt and I thought the- emphatically. Sometimes Raj, when Matt and I feel emphatically something should happen, yeah. we just sort of assume that Raj is on board with it because you didn't object at the time. No, 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 I object. I think uh, <laughs> I think they are just starting to get over. You don't want to just put the titles on them right off the bat. They're still on the okay. rise. Give it another month. Get them more and more over, and then when they win the belts, it'll be huge. And um, you know, because that was the first time they got like a babyface reaction was this past Sunday. So just let that let that continue. Don't wait too long. But, yeah, um, but that's the alternative: is that they're going to wait till the next SmackDown branded pay per view. Yeah, I don't. I couldn't. I couldn't see them doing that. But but you're right. If they did wait that long, then they miss that. That window, and Rusev it wouldn't have been day is bad. Hot. It wouldn't have day been is bad. hot right now. It, w- but that was the first time they seemed like really over with the crowd. Was this mm. past Sunday? I think the past SmackDown or two, they've been pretty over. Like they they've done this the whole Sting Lex thing. You know, like Sting was the baby face and Lex was the heel. They kind of did that with. They've, they've kind of been doing that with Rusev and English because I mean, not not Rusev hasn't done anything really different, but the whole Rusev Day thing just has stuck and the crowd loves it in the past couple weeks i've noticed with the whole rusev day thing that's been pretty over and in english uh just started to get the baby face pops probably the past week or two but but that that's only because of his affiliation with rusev i mean he was getting heat you know from (laughs) why he was singing even when Rusev was getting cheered, but now it's starting to seem like the the, the team as a unit is starting to get pretty uh, big cheers. Yeah. yeah, I mean, I think it just you know again this Sunday was the first time where you had the the arena really going for them over the other teams. So, um, well, and it was an awesome sequence when Rusev had Biggie in the accolade and was doing that, and he got him in there twice. That I mean, that's what Matt and I were talking about. It seemed like the moment you know sometimes. We've talked about this before. The momentum of a match, if you tell a really good story with a match and you get that momentum going, it just feels like that's the next step. You know, it feels like there's a certain point where wouldn't it be awesome if right here was where he tapped out and the title changed hands? And I felt like that match was the pinnacle. I know. I I think that's the point. Like you kind of have to make those kind of false finishes Mm -hmm. to really make the match compelling. It was easily the match of the night, Class of the Champions. It was was a fantastic match. But I think if you make those kind of moments where they could have won, I think that just adds more layers to the match and making it very good. Yeah. Yeah, it's kind of like Austin when Austin won the belt, right? You didn't want to rush that. Just as soon as he was getting hot, you put the title on him. You get him to where the fans are really ready for it, and then the timing's right, and then boom. Yeah, it's WWE, though. Yeah. (laughs) They wait till the timing's right, and then six months later. Well, you know, it could always be. And look, this has happened before where Vince is like, he's supposed to be a heel. They're cheering him, so we're going to bury these guys so the fans stop cheering him. And they've done that before. I hope they don't do that because 
you get, you get the feeling like there's something special there. But um, oh yeah, they did that with Joe. But he came out when he when he made his return a few weeks ago. You know, mm. he got he got a bunch of cheers, got a bunch of Joe chants, and his first promo was bearing the crowd. Same thing with Rollins when he came back. You know, I think that that was a terrible idea to have him just turn on the crowd like that. He could have just been one of the top baby faces. Now he's still trying to st- struggle to get his traction, you know, as a raw superstar. But when he came back from his injury, he cut the promo to just bury the crowd. I'm like, oh, that was that was terrible. That was a terrible decision. Yeah. Yeah. Well, an um, opportunity there. So last night, Jinder Mahal teamed with Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn. Versus AJ Styles, Randy Orton, and Shinsuke Nakamura. Hey, if you weren't sick of these matchups after Clash of Champions, what if we put them all together in one match and had the Singh brothers ringside? Uh, Chris, this match do anything for you last night? No, no, not at all. Especially, especially from the controversy <clears throat> that you know happened at Clash of Champions. It's like you get this big fast count and immediate go-to thing from that a six-man match as if nothing happened mm-hmm. so it's like you know that's that's as we're agreeing with it, the common thread of this conversation here is the inconsistencies within the wwe creative and the programming that just kind of leave people kind of you know high and dry as far as just trying given the opportunity and the time to invest in an angle i mean mm. we just saw that with triple h and braun Strowman, like Nothing happened. We saw with Mojo Rawley and Zack Ryder. They, you have the turn. They have the pre-show match, and neither of the, neither of them appeared on SmackDown. So it's like all these. <laughs> I didn't, that's absolutely what, I didn't no even sense. think about that. Like, yeah, and that that was a hot angle Sunday night. Credit to yeah. them, despite everything they did to bury that storyline with all those promos on social media, not even on SmackDown. The crowd was surprisingly into uh, Mojo versus Zack. Mojo's um, music was terrible, though. Yeah. But the crowd was into it, man, for a pre-kickoff match, and then nothing. Nothing yeah. last night. Nothing. Um, and Sunday night, Sami Zayn pinned Shinsuke Nakamura. Last no, he, night. He pinned Orton. Did he pin Orton? Yeah. In the roll-up? Okay, so last night. They pinned Shinsuke the, so on the SmackDown before. I think it was still Sami pinning. That's right. Was that, that was Owens, pinned, Owens pinned Nakamura the SmackDown before. Uh, okay. Yeah. Yeah, and then last night, the other team wins, just back and forth. Um, and I think Orton is owed a victory, so maybe they'll do another variation of this match next week. Or <laughs> oh, Jesus Christ. And putting Jinder in there, like, no storyline explanation for this. The Singh brothers get involved because, uh, you know, hey, you're paying them. They got to do something. Um, yeah. This was you know, just so random last night. Again, this is to what you guys were saying just a few minutes, you know, just a couple minutes ago, where if you had to pick the the people coming out of Clash of Champions with steam, I think it'd be, you know, you said the Bludgeon Brothers, Mojo, uh, Rusev Day, and uh, Kevin Owens and, and Sami Zayn. Yeah. And all of them, I, either two of them didn't appear at all on the show, and the other two lost. So, you know, it's it's like not Bludgeon following Bludgeon. up on that momentum at all, on any of the... The, brother, the brother, Bludgeon Brothers didn't appear either, did they? No, yeah. yeah, no, yeah. So that's what I meant. The Legend cool. Brothers and Mojo didn't appear, and then uh, Rusev Day and uh, and Sammy and Owens lost coming off wow. of Fashion Champions. So, I mean, just it's absurd. And to do that last night with no story in the main event, given 
that these two guys have, I mean, Owens and Zane have had such a story. They should have added some additional stipulation, something where Daniel Bryan was annoyed with them and wanted to punish them in some creative storyline way. I mean, I know this is kind of a dead zone, you know, because I mean, next week, Tuesday, although they're in Chicago both nights next week. I mean, they're, and they're doing live programming the day of Christmas or the day after Christmas in the case of SmackDown. But why not just at least try to make it seem like this was anything other than, eh, let's just put them all in a match. See what happens. Yeah. This, this, you remember back in the day when the post pay per view shows were like super hot, yeah. and, and uh, this just felt like another show. It just felt yeah. like everyone's just kind of going on the treadmill. There's no, there's no real end in sight for any of these storylines. Or you know, there's really only one storyline outside of Ziggler, and that's the Shane Daniel Bryan stuff, and that's just going to be a, a slow jog for the next few months, I think, because that's all they got. Hmm. They're not they're not putting any effort into it into SmackDown or, you know, bringing some people up because SmackDown is so, their roster is so depleted after they've lost Cena and after the, uh, you know, the the last draft that they did. Yeah, um, it's unfortunate. I think SmackDown. God, even the other night we I don't want to talk about because we're doing the podcast. But did you guys go back and watch Talking Smack from the other night after I saw it. Clash of yeah. Champions? No, I, I read up on all the stuff that happened on it. I mean, not to beat a dead horse, but again, you do that. I mean, that that was interesting. It was like that's the storytelling piece that SmackDown has been missing. And if you look at this year, I feel like, you know, it's not just internet fanboys that are complaining about this. SmackDown could do a show like this, but for the fans that that are caring or invested, having that half hour companion piece or fifteen minute companion piece, what it became gave some much needed gravitas and momentum to to the series because otherwise you're just random dudes out there having exhibition matches nine times out of ten well, well it goes back to the inconsistencies because yeah. it really seems as i mean as an amazing of a uh, as a performer that aj styles is it just seems like he's a non-factor nowadays mm-hmm. like it, it doesn't it seem like he's maybe it's his you know gender feud perhaps i don't know what it is but it just doesn't seem like he's as hot as he was you know i would say probably mid last year because l- late last year he was feuding with dean ambrose and that was just not a really good feud for me but i, I it just doesn't seem like he i mean he still gets the cheers he still gets the aj styles chance but it just seems like there's something that's really missing with him as far as just being um, just a really top guy feel. Mm. And I think with the inconsistencies in the in the SmackDown uh, kind of booking and programming, you're not giving the fan a reason to tune in to watch AJ Styles right now. Yeah, I agree. He's been kind of on the back burner pretty much since WrestleMania. Like he's been – you know, that U.S. title feud that never really peaked um, with Kevin Owens, you know, the gender stuff, the Baron Corbin stuff. It's been, you know, he's been kind of uh, a non-eventful year for the most part. And now that he's world champ, he just feels like he's still just there. Um, They need a hot feud for him. And I I keep saying this every week, um, but Finn is doing nothing on Raw. If you had him come, you know, come to SmackDown and, you could have something hot there and, and give SmackDown a spark with Finn feuding with AJ and Finn bringing up that he beat AJ on that pay-per-view a couple months ago. And um, why not, why not have Finn heel? Why don't you bring uh, Anderson and Gallows over with the SmackDown with them too? 
Absolutely. I think that'll be I think that'll be a great feud. Anderson and Gallows, I mean they're not even <laughs> they weren't even, you know, on TV last week, uh week before they were in that backstage segment with with Titus Worldwide. So yeah. Says where their career is headed currently. <laughs> um yeah, why not bring them over to SmackDown? Raw's got a lot of people they're not doing stuff with, you know? I mean <sighs> I'm a real marquee person. Um you know, that would be on the front of a Royal Rumble Rumble poster mm-hmm. uh, for the most part is on Raw. Um, That's a good point. You know, none of the the only one you would say uh, SmackDown really is Randy Orton. Mm. Yeah, well, but that's the way they do posters, though. But that's who they see as their big stars. Yeah, and they're the right. ones that get the choice, you know, placements at Mania. Oh, man. Well, after Vince sells to Disney, some things will change. <laughs> Yeah. Once he cashes that's out. Why, that's probably why he's getting the football stuff ready. <laughs> I don't I don't know if it'd be you never know who they could hire, you know. When you get non wrestling people in, uh it could be a disaster. <clears throat> it could, but at this stage in the game though, I mean, I don't know. I feel like it could be interesting, you know, at least if they did something a little different. I don't think uh, you know, completely changing things up would be a bad thing right now. So, Chris, your final thoughts on on the show? Um, I mean, similar to what we've been saying. I mean, just it wasn't really a good um, setup. It wasn't really a good uh, point of intrigue. I didn't really leave good cliffhangers. Um, I always go back to the, the good old days in the WCW when Tony, Tony Schiavone was uh, hosting when, when he was announcing and there was always that good cliffhanger on nitro, you know, to just kind of bring us back to the next week. And I didn't, I didn't get that at all. I haven't I, got that for a while, of course, but I haven't got that. I didn't get that on SmackDown either. Yeah. It was pretty yeah. much a missable, missable show, except for the Ziggler mm-hmm. thing was the only thing that kind of has you wanting to tune in. And, you know, like we said, the post pay-per-view show is supposed to build for the next, you know, next month or two. And, I felt like this is just everything is just kind of it's just a slow moving treadmill. I mean, after last night's show, if I was a fan, I would be wondering like, are they even having SmackDown next week? Like, was <laughs> is is there a reason? Or are they taking two weeks off? I mean, there was no you gotta tune in. I mean, there wasn't even a tease that the fashion files is coming back. You know. Well, I don't think that would do anything. <laughs> but you know what I'm saying? No. <laughs> they didn't do anything to build up. To tune, they did more to build total divas this week with showing clips on Raw and SmackDown than they did to build. Now Raw, they did. I'll give Raw credit. Raw announced John Cena is going to be back next week, and we got a Christmas Raw. And we're, you know, they said, "Hey, we're doing something with SmackDown." Nothing, nothing. I think they kind of. I think they kind of. They've done that a lot with holiday with with pre-holiday episode. Uh-huh. They just kind of chuck it as a loss and say, "Yeah, well, we've got uh, you know." two weeks to really you know do something because we're going to we're missing out on a bunch of viewers statistically historically Mm -hmm. and so we're not going to give us you know we're not going to put a bunch into leading into the holiday episode uh it's they've they've been very consistent with that i went to the fourth of july episode here uh last year and i think it was a raw i think the one of the matches was like titus o'neill versus rusev and they were both dressed up as like like titus (laughs) o'neill was like he was dressed up like a like a big tall Apollo Creed, and it was terrible. It was so bad, and I, it was one of those things that 
you they, <coughs> WWE they have the episodes on the holidays, but I think they realize that you know statistically you lose so many viewers. Why even set up for it? Yeah, <clears throat> usually it's uh, the following week. That's the big uh, where they really start the big build for the Royal Rumble. Right. <clears throat> I think though, you know, if no one's watching, that's uh, if ever they feel like no one's watching, that's an opportunity to try some different stuff to uh, to just have fun with it. You know, why not declare that the day after Christmas it's going to be an all Rusev Day edition of SmackDown? You know, or just do something silly or well, stupid. They do try to have fun with it, and but it's usually corny humor with Santa Claus getting hit by Alberto Del Rio. Oh, I am positive next like Monday on Monday on Raw, I think there's going to be another Santa Street fight. Yeah, I'm sure they'll. I'm, we'll probably see Gallows and Anderson back in some sort of Christmas miracle on. You know, street, you know, whatever they call it. Because, <laughs> street. Yeah, Miracle <laughs> <laughs> Street fight. Right. <laughs> <laughs> no. Oh, good Lord. Um, okay, so enough about SmackDown last night. Uh, Dean Ambrose is injured. Raj, this is legit? Oh, yeah, it's legit. Um, now, if it, they're saying it looks like he's probably going to need surgery. So Ooh. if he does, um, and, it, you know, if it's a tear, then you're looking at four to six months. Damn. Yeah, um, uh, we shouldn't know more today, so keep checking out Wrestling Inc. But yeah, um, that's a terrible timing. But I guess there's never good timing. But this time of year is always the worst. You know what I mean? Like uh-huh. you got the Rumble and WrestleMania. And uh, yeah. And Dean's been, I mean, if not booked as one of the very top guys, I mean, just a consistent featured performer, a workhorse, yeah. if you will, of uh, the WWE. You know, in whatever role they've given him. So him being out definitely will change things, especially with the Shields so. being such a big angle right now. I don't think so. You don't think so? I don't think so, no. I, I, I think that Dean's been booked terribly just um, doing his entire babyface run. I mean, just I, there. I, I think since the past couple months, I think the Shield has been probably the biggest letdown in WWE this year. And that's saying I, something. I just, yeah, I mean, I, and I because because there was the reason why I said it was the biggest letdown is because it was built up so strongly. It was the it was the centerpiece of TLC. Uh, you know, it, it was one of the features on Survivor Series, and you you the weeks you know before that you had the uh, the hug it out angle with with uh, Rollins and Ambrose, and you had all of this intrigue leading into the shield moment and Rollins got the now most. you have the, Reigns got the most. And now you have, yeah yeah Reigns and then and even that they had an opportunity to, to to bounce back on that but not only do you have the shield nowadays that's just hardly any comparison to the shield before because they, they're not dominant they don't come <clears> out you know as a unit a lot just randomly and, and attack people and then after that you have Dean Ambrose, who doesn't even wear his vest anymore, he wears his little body shirt, <laughs> and, and and then and then when they're not coming out as a unit, you have them go back into their singles gear and their singles music. So I just think just, there's so many. I, I guess it's the theme of this this uh, this afternoon inconsistencies within the angle that is causing the fan not to be intrigued. Well, I kind of look at it as um, there. They're the shield as in the sense like they're still buddies and they'll still team up here and there, but they've got their own things going too. Mm. <clears throat> and, um, but Ambrose hasn't been good. Well, though. yeah. He, and Ambrose I agree with that. I actually agree that Ambrose yeah. has been um, kind of, 
really since uh since winning the WWE championship in a lot of ways. Uh in that feud with AJ when everyone just wanted AJ to to beat him. And um yeah. he's just been kind of cold. He's just been kind of there. Um people like the stuff with him and Rollins cuz that shield nostalgia and, and the shield stuff, but I you know, I agree. I think this might be an opportunity for Ambrose to really come back and reinvent himself and do something different, change that, change that gear. Cause that just, that yes. just screams mid card. Um, it doesn't scream top guy. Mm. Um, and he, he doesn't look like a superstar with what he wears now and just, you know, change it up, maybe come back as a heel. And I know people, you know, people say, um, and it's true. <laughs> I say a lot of people should turn heel. And I think a lot of that has to do with WWE has a problem writing for baby faces and mm. they write this bad dialogue that doesn't help him at all. You see it with Rollins. You see it. Uh, you saw it when Ray, uh, with Ambrose, when he was champ, whereas with, when with heels, they give him a lot more free reign and stuff, you know, opportunities to, to do more and, and enhance their character. Whereas baby faces, they, they stifle them. I think yeah. part of the reason why though, is Vince McMahon based on everything that we read about him and how he is backstage. I think that Vince is, is kind of a dick and enjoys other people. And that's, I think that's why Vince likes heels more because that's more his thing. You know, what he finds funny, what he finds interesting. I think that's why. I think that Vince can't relate to a baby face. So he goes well, to these tried and true to, stereotypes. Not according to 80s wrestling. <laughs> I mean, right. Well, his, most, this stage? his most successful <laughs> periods were, you know, under Hogan and Austin and The Rock, mm-hmm. you know, all baby yeah. faces. But, um, yeah. but, but, but I agree. Like, they they write for the heels a lot better than the baby faces with this, yeah. with these over scripted promos, the baby faces come off as lame uh, more often than not. Yeah. Um, in fact, that, that might be part of it is that when they're writing for the heels, they're doing their own thing. And when they're writing for the baby faces, they're like mocking almost, you know, probably what they hear from a lot of the guys backstage. It's uh, it's, a, it's a, there's sort of a cynical view of you, especially if you like even how they booked it. Right. I mean, it's like you have a lot of, I mean, look at gender being, you know, heel champion, it's not like it was in those golden days where, uh, well, certainly not the 80s, but the dynamics have really, really changed. And I think that what they think the audience wants to see are more the heels are, we've described it before, even like with what they do with Roman, where it's that sort of Fonzie, Han Solo-like anti-hero idea mm-hmm. where, you know, he can make those quips uh, and the like, but I don't know. Well, I, well, I think, I think yeah. he probably noticed that with Austin, how successful yeah. Austin was playing that anti-hero, you know, character. I think they really kind of changed the tide of just uh, the the baby faces. What year was it that uh, Vince McMahon had that um, that promo before Raw, talking about you know <laughs> there's no good guys and bad guys. Oh, yeah. Seven. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I think it was I think it was ninety seven, wasn't it? Yeah, we're not going to insult our audience. Yes. Which funniest thing in hindsight? Yeah. Now you know we're not we're not going to insult you anymore. Yeah, you know, Jacko being fourteen, bringing up exactly what my point was. Look at Sami Zayn, the stuff he he was saying is babyface and just just sucked. And then as a heel, he's been great. Um, he he's allowed to show a lot more personality, whereas the stuff you're given with the babyface stuff, you're not. It's you're not shown that they just don't. They write for all the baby faces the same. It's that same verbiage. This and and cookie cutter. Yeah, and they're yeah. kind of like recapping the whole storyline every time that they're in, and and 
here, this is what happened last week. Let's go to the screen. Super Joe, I'm Justin Labar here to do the impression, but I want to know, you know, how much of Sammy's shtick and dance and movements, how much of that was Vince, and did Vince act it out for Sammy what he wanted him to do, you know? I had well, Sammy time. said that Vince, you know, that was all Vince's idea. Yeah. So I'm sure, I'm sure. <laughs> so Vince <laughs> doing the dance, lifting up his shirt, doing Maybe. all that. Yeah. Yeah. He said, he said he was uncomfortable with doing that for a while, actually. Oh, because he said that, right. uh, he said, Zane said that uh, his goal for a while was actually to be like a Ricky Steamboat. Mm. Like he wanted to have his entire career as a baby face. And so when yeah. he had that conversation with Vince, he was just kind of like, I am not, I'm not sure what to do here. And Vince was just like, Hey, just go all out. Just be more annoying. You know, as what you do. <laughs> yeah. Now. He said, work, take work. whatever, take whatever the fans liked uh, you for and make it really annoying, you know? So it's like, do the same thing, but yeah, exaggerated. So the stuff they love before that they hate and he's done that great. Yeah. Well, I mean, he was doing the yup yup last week oh, and he's God. lifting his shirt. <laughs> I thought he's just he's just hilarious. Um speaking of stuff that you know Vince Bayer may not have had a hand in Naomi last night calling the riot squad chicken heads. Did you guys catch that and the crowd chanting it and thinking, does Vince yeah. know what that means? <laughs> I don't think I don't think Vince know what Lego Lego mean either. <laughs> What's chicken heads? I don't know what that means. Chicken head? Oh, that was um the the Chappelle show. Well, Chappelle show made it famous uh, in that one sketch, the I know black people sketch. Uh, I think uh, the the nice way they described it was a fallacious woman. Um, was uh, yeah, the it's description a derogatory yeah. term that uh, a lot of people in in, in my culture uh, use uh, as for for a woman uh, chick, call, calling them chicken heads. There was actually a dance to it uh, a while ago, and uh, yeah, it's it became like big, but it's it's meant to be derogatory. Yeah. So okay, so guys, I remember a lot of times you'd hear like a an Eminem song censored and they'd sure. say chickens. Is that the same thing or is that just they're trying to find something that rhymes with uh, probably B. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> find something yeah. that rhymes. Well we'll yeah. see if it sticks. If it sticks and becomes but granted this is the company that, you know, had the catchphrase suck it, take the nation by storm. So Yeah, well oh, well on the other end of the spectrum they had biscuit butt too and that didn't That's last true. Long. No. Yeah. yeah. Rest in peace, biscuit butt. You could have been a yeah. thing. People were, at, uh, yeah, they actually had people chanting under siege. <laughs> <laughs> that's true. <laughs> yeah, oh, that's, good that's, Lord. That's, that's a show in and of itself. Just, uh, you know, here and now popular, you know, chants from the, from the WWE universe. <laughs> oh, man. But, uh, yep, yet the uh, yep movement last night, I did not feel like capitalized on its momentum now that they got the merch. Last night was kind of, well, they referenced it, but not nearly as much. It's like they felt badly. They felt like that Nakamura and Orton needed badly to get a win because of the, <laughs> the losses the past, you know, couples, couple of weeks. So <laughs> rather than enhance the storyline, get them their win. 50-50 again. Yeah. Um, it's... Although it's 66.6, 33.3 right now. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so... Hideo Tommy made his 205 live debut last night. I did not watch it. Uh, did either of you? I did. Uh, against Colin Delaney. It was yeah. fine. Hideo, you know, he had the surgeries. He doesn't look near the physical shape that he did before. Um, hopefully he can, you know, I don't know how bad his shoulders still are, but um, 
But yeah, I mean, it's something. I mean, 205 Live, it, it just, it, it didn't feel like a, a new star, a big star was added to 205 Live that is really going to change anything. You know what I mean? Like, it's just staying where it's staying. I think what really hurt him was Raw, though. Like, that was probably one of the most anticlimactic <clears throat> debuts of Raw I've ever seen in my life. I mean, he wasn't even advertised for Raw as far as the public eye is concerned. Finn Balor gets jumped by the Mysteraj, and all of a sudden his music comes on. He runs out, and Providence is like, oh, there's that guy. Hideo Hitami. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. Just, and he just... And it just made absolutely no sense. I think that that hurt him a lot. Just, you know, the fact that he's very good in the ring, but he's still a little slower, like you were saying, Raj, from his, from his um, I think it was, what, two injuries that he was out for a lengthy yep. amount of months uh, for in NXT. So I think that that slowed him down. And there's no character to him. He doesn't have that star power feel in the WWE to make him – someone that fans can get behind to make two to boost 205 live unfortunately i don't think hideo tommy is at the point as much as i like him personally i don't think that he's at a point to boost 205 live from a star power factor at this point mm. yeah it's a shame you know i know we don't talk about this very much normally when we talk about wrestling merch it's kind of how lame a lot of it is but i swear to god hideo tommy had the coolest shirt of anyone in NXT for the longest time. I feel like they failed to capitalize on that potential of those go-go mm. Hideo shirts. Mm. Um, so what's up with uh, Callisto? We got hit with a water bottle. Yeah, it was, uh, it was crazy. Like when I was watching it, I thought it was from one of the wrestlers, like, cause you saw him on the ground and then he just got chucked and he sold it. So he sold getting hit by the water bottle. Um, <laughs> So if you haven't seen it, go to the site and, and check it out. But hopefully that fan got arrested because that's that's just jacked up. He probably thought it was a plant and wasn't told about it. Yeah, maybe. My wife sold it. Yeah, yeah, it's like, well, I can't see a fan throwing a big bottle of water at me, so I might as right. well sell it. It must be coming from Drew Gulak or <laughs> right. <clears throat> anyway. Yeah, the video's uh, up on Wrestling Inc., so check that out. Cool, man. Uh, anything else to cover this week before we take it home? No, I think that's it. Cool, guys. So, uh, Chris, where can people find you on the interwebs? Uh, you can f- follow me at Chris Prolific and also um, Cr- Pancakes and Power Slam Show at Crave Wrestling. We've got 300 episodes coming up on Tuesday. Special guests, and we also have some year-end awards, and it's going to be a lot of fun. Nice, man. Raj, what should people look for on the site this week? I think we got um, we had more of the Brandy Rhodes interview yesterday. We had more of the Jinder Mahal. Uh, we got Sanjay Dutt coming up. The rest of the our Al Snow and Terry Funk interviews. So, um, but yeah, bunch of stuff. Cool. Sounds good, guys. So, little programming note: we will not be doing a show Christmas Day Monday. However, Raj, next Wednesday we're back, right? Yeah, we're back next Wednesday. So, an early Merry Christmas and Happy Holidays to everyone. Indeed. absolutely final uh wrestling inc podcast of the year one week from today <coughs> be sure to join us wednesdays 12 noon eastern and we'll talk about smackdown and and raw while we're at it so until next time folks uh have a merry christmas have a happy holiday i'm glenn rubenstein and we'll see you back here on the wrestling inc podcast take care
This country was built on a distinctly American work ethic. But today, work is in trouble. We've outsourced most of our manufacturing to other countries. And with that, we sent away good jobs and diminished our capability to make things. American Giant is a clothing company that's pushing back against this tide. They make a variety of high-quality clothing and activewear, like sweatshirts, jeans, dresses, jackets, and so much more. All made right here in the USA, from growing the cotton to adding the final touches. So when you buy American Giant, you create jobs for seamsters, cutters, and factory workers in towns and cities across the United States. And it's about more than an income. Jobs bring pride, purpose. They stitch people together. If all that sounds good to you, visit American-Giant.com and get 20% off your first order when you use code STAPLE20 at checkout. That's 20% off your first order at American-Giant.com with promo code STAPLE20.